Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. Hey, Kenya, we are back. We are back. We are back. And we are now in the beautiful month of November. Yay. Yes, yes, yes. It's my mom's <laughs> birthday month. So happy it's birthday, mom. It's my birthday month. It's my That's birthday right. month, too. That's right. Yeah. It's a good month. No wonder we get along so well. I know, right? I'm like your mama. No, I'm just playing. Extra. You know, like. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, yeah, well, we got a good one for today. And uh, I got a, a compatriot coming up with us today. So yes, yes. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll fill in with that in a minute. But I'll give our music tip real quick. And uh, it is basically, it's something we gave earlier, um, probably in an early podcast about uh, the iReal Pro app mm. that's on your phone uh, for musicians, jazz musicians. We already know it because it's something that we, we use the, the fake book, the real book. Um, but, but they've put it on the, the phone now as an app. But um, one thing I want to update about that app, and this is something I learned uh, last week was you can actually look at the, uh, when they, when you, you see the song playing on, uh, mm -hmm. on the app uh, we all know that you can just play it, play with it and practice with it and all that stuff. But it'll it'll have a band playing behind and, you know, just play. But it actually shows you the voicings of the chords uh, mm. on a piano keyboard. If you set that option on, you can activate it and actually look at the voicings. And so for people mm. who are trying to learn piano, I yeah. think it also does guitar as well. So you can actually look at the fingerings on the guitar. Ah. So. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that feature existed. So um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Very nice. So so that's an app that it's iReal. And I think we did. I think we I think we did. Yeah, we I, I, I think I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I, I mentioned it. The iReal Pro app. Yeah. Yeah. It's a paid for app, but it's another one that's yeah, worth it. About 13, yeah, 15 dollars or something I like mean, that. That's yeah. really low, guys. Really low. Oh, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Another really cool. Um, you've been doing some nice apps and techie stuff. Um, oh, that's me. That's, that's you know, no, that's, that's what good. I do. Music technology. That's good. That's good stuff. That's that's why you're the co-host with me, because I couldn't talk anything about that. So, <laughs> ah, All right. Awesome. So we have another fantastic guest today. And, um, I, you know, I it's so funny that the timing, a lot of our timing will is so divine, like. Mm -hmm. We'll try. We we plan, guys. I don't want people to think we just are out here just winging it, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the things we can't have control over is people's schedules, right? So when we're inviting guests, we're pretty much at the mercy of their schedule. We try to tell them a time frame, but then you know they have to ultimately be available. And what's been really cool is the time at which people have been accepting their time for interviews falls like during really critical good times. And so, <laughs> right. so I say that because this next guest, and I'm definitely going to let him tell his story and explain some things that he's into. Um, but it's coinciding with a really good season for him. 
And um, we actually, this guest, he and I are about to do a show together. So, I mean, this is, this is what I'm saying, the timing. And I honestly didn't, I don't think we, I even, I think I requested this interview way before we right, knew we right. were going to do a show together. So wow. another divine moment. Yes. But wow. yes, this, this gentleman <laughs> is now some of you, um, you may say, oh, you know, I, I know if you're not in the Chicago area, if you're in Chicago, you know this guest. So, um, but if you are listening to this and you're not, you may be like, I, I've seen this guy or I know this. He's an amazing musician. I'm not even going to limit him to, um, he plays the saxophone and he's very, he's excellent at it, but he's also a singer, a writer, a producer. Like he's a lot of, of things. And um, I'm just really excited that he could be a part of our podcast today. So hello, Marquel Jordan. How are you? Hey, Kenya, how you doing? What's up, Will? What's going on with y'all? What's how going what's on, happening? man? Yeah. We're good. <laughs> We're so good. And I, like I said, this is like divine timing because I, I'm sure I asked you about this interview like at least a month ago. I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, you did. And, yeah. and we didn't know we because I kind of just said, look, you got to do this show with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that, it's all good, though. You got you got so you got to take charge. It, I think it's the Scorpio in you. Right. Are you a Scorpio? That We are. Yes. We are both Scorpios. <laughs> it's just kindred. Right. I know you just had a birthday. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. all good stuff. So Scorpio mm -hmm. season. But anyway, we're not going to talk about how wonderful Scorpios, Scorpios are right now. We'll get back to that. But <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you could um, let our listeners know, you know, what it is that you do, I kind of alluded to it. Sure. And how you, what brought you to music, how you got here? Well, uh, start from the beginning. Um, uh, my name is Marquel Jordan, of course. Um, I'm originally from that great city, Los Angeles, California. And um, really how I got my start in music was just from listening. Uh, my father, my, my great parents, um, when I, I was a child of the seventies as a, you know, as a, as a kid, kid. And then of course, like a teenager in the eighties. So, um, music was just everything to me as far as just, there was always music around the house. My dad was a frustrated musician himself. He really mm. wanted to like play percussion and, and, mm. and be in a band, but you know, he had like three children by the time he was 22. So mm. instead of, uh, instead of playing them instruments, he went and made them cars at General Motors. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, he had, he had a great record collection and, um, that I just absorbed music from that. And uh, I have a, a uncle, um, who, is an amazing musician. He, um, soprano saxophonist and, and a flute player. And he played in, uh, uh, that avant-garde big band, uh, by the late great Horace Taps Scott mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. So I, I would go to his shows and check him out. Like, cause they did like a show periodically on Sundays in the church, you know? And, um, mm -hmm. so I would check that out and between that and listening to my father's music and then just kind of really getting into music on my own. That's, that's how I got into wanting to be a musician. Um, it was a very, um, you know, my story is a little bit, bit different from most people that you probably would have on. I wasn't that guy that was like, Oh, I'm going to eat, sleep and just do music. And I'm going <laughs> to sit on this, this, this corner. And you know, if I just die or go crazy, then it, it I wasn't that disciplined. You know, I had the passion and the love for it, but as far as the path and being like very, 
you know, one direction with blinders on it. You know, I kind of, my path was very haphazard, but music was always a part of it. Um, I knew I wanted mm. to play the saxophone when I was seven years old, but, mm. you know, by the time that I got to school, and this was during the era of busing, I'm aging myself. So, um, <laughs> without, I got bused to That's school. That's all right. I think we all know about busing on this podcast. At least uh-huh. the co-hosts. The right, co-hosts right. do. But go That's what's up. That's what's up. Um <laughs> But I, I got bused to a school in Hollywood and like a uh, magnet school, school for like gifted kids and stuff like that. So um, they didn't have saxophones when I joined the school, which was like in the third grade. So I played clarinet mm-hmm. for three years and took like piano lessons a little bit. Um, I didn't really start playing saxophone until I was in the seventh grade, started then. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, by then I was... You know, I, that's what I wanted to play. But, you know, saxophone, especially I'm, I'm an asthmatic, by the way. Um, so mm-hmm. starting off trying to play a tenor saxophone, being very slight, like 130 pounds back then, you know, with asthmatic lungs, it was it was it took a few years before I could really put some air yeah. through the horn. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, and then uh, I moved my family moved to uh, Kansas City, Kansas. And when I moved there. I um, actually got more serious into music, started getting into like people like Prince and Branford Marcellus and, mm. and Sting and, and hip hop was really starting to really kick off then. Um, this mm-hmm. is like the mid eighties. So mm-hmm. again, it was just music all around me. I did jazz band in high school, marching band, all of that stuff and, and wound up eventually going to University of Kansas. And that's really kind of where it all started seriously for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, took some mm-hmm. private lessons there. I was in the jazz band. Now, mind you, I didn't major in music. <laughs> I majored in confusion, mm-hmm. really, is what I majored in. But um, <laughs> but it was there that I that I got you know start really learned how to play in a in a jazz big band saxophone section. Will I know what you I know you know what that's about. Um, yep. And, you know, just learn how to blend with other musicians and, 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 and have a band sound. So there was that part of it. I took private lessons from an incredible saxophone professor by the name of Vincent Ganoyak. And uh, unfortunately, I, I didn't take him the entire time that I was in school. Um, I took him for about two or three years. But really, I learned to play playing in, bar, in a bar band. Like, so mm-hmm. we played on the weekends. We played clubs mm-hmm. and it was, you know, all the music that I grew up listening to started informing everything that I was doing at that point, you know, but mm-hmm. obviously with the knowledge that I had from, you know, playing um, in a more structured set, uh, structured bands and things like that. So mm-hmm. it, that's when it all kind of came together. That's when I had my first professional gig. I think I was probably like 19 or so playing in a, mm-hmm. playing over the summer in, in a, like a restaurant in Kansas City. So I've been playing professionally ever since. Wow. I, I just want to say that that you you uh in Kansas City for folks that, that don't know the jazz history and lineage, Absolutely. that's the uh birth birthplace of Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. And uh you you were in uh Maybe you were baptized by, yeah. By, yeah. by by the bebop master Absolutely. by being in Kansas City. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, that's that's a that's an awesome place to to actually learn the music from. So, but I also want to say that the I don't even know if there's any um, studies on this, but 
if if uh, anybody can check this out, um, but playing a woodwind instrument with uh, with asthma, it might help the asthma. It did. So I don't help. know. It did help. Yeah. You know, it was really what wound up being frustrating for me. Um, a quick aside is that, you know, when I was in Los Angeles and they always talk about the air quality and all that stuff, but I grew up there. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I was, you know, accustomed to being in that air, you know, and, and back right. then it's probably a little bit different now, but it wasn't as humid. They definitely didn't have uh, allergens in the air, um, mm -hmm. you know, so I was starting to actually quote unquote grow out of it. I was doing pretty well with it. But then when I moved to the Midwest with the change of seasons, and mold mm -hmm. count and pollen, it just, yes. it made my asthma yes. worse. And then when I moved to Chicago after I graduated college, it was, forget about it. Like it was, it <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. with each progressive place that, uh, you know, successive place mm -hmm. rather that I moved to, like my asthma got worse. But yeah, I, I actually know how to breathe because most humans don't really know how to breathe. Um, right, yeah. right. You know, you, ha you have to learn how to breathe in order to get as much capacity in your lungs if you're an asthmatic so mm -hmm. yeah but it, de it definitely did help it definitely helped good good mm -hmm. awesome well that was really you know hearing now your background um and you know i i know you musically and it, it all makes complete sense <laughs> because <laughs> right. you can play like anything like no seriously like uh -huh. I, i've gone to your shows and i'm like he's doing he, he's doing that song like i mean he can pull songs from today like that you're hearing you know or like you just said in the 80s and those songs that you're like oh yeah not the songs that everybody always plays you know what i mean right. so that's that makes so much sense now to know you know your background and and so forth you said by 19 you were um you know you were playing have you always only done music or did you ever drift away from music and then come back into it Oh, yeah, yeah. I've always done other things. I think mm -hmm. the last, really the last 10 years of my life um, has been the only time that I have been a full-time musician. Prior to that, mm -hmm. I was always doing something else. Like, I mean, when I was in high school, I worked at Godfather's Pizza. When I was in college, <laughs> you know, I didn't major in music, but, you know, like the the bar band and 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 that was kind of the side hustle for me at the time, but really I was learning how to play. And when I graduated, I graduated with a very, very <laughs> just waste of money degree. I got a business oh, administration no. degree, like <laughs> not even an MBA, just a regular bachelor's <laughs> of science business administration degree. It was, it was horrible. And I moved to Chicago basically so I could do music and, and join up with, uh, my, a partner of mine, uh, one of my dearest friends to this day, a guy named Scott mm -hmm. Left. We were in the we were in jazz band together in college, and we were in the bar band together. And he moved up here because he wanted to break into like the blues scene, playing music. So mm -hmm. I moved uh, to Chicago in '95, and okay. you know I had college loans, so you know, and mm -hmm. I had to make a way to live, you know. So I, I work day jobs. I, you know, I've got some accounting chops going. Um, I did mm. bookkeeping for a long time. And um, mm. so I was always, I was really more of a weekend warrior, you know, like mm. the music was like my Uber back then, you know, like everybody has a job <laughs> and then they do Uber. Like that's, right. it was my Uber really. And, and, but yeah. it was really what I wanted to do. 
And um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've always done something else except for the last 10 years. I've just been pushing full time with music and, um, you know, that that's where I am now. And I can't ever see myself going back to splitting my energy to doing something else that I really don't want to do. Mm. Mm. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, I, I have a couple questions that I wanted to ask you. Uh, just well, musically, um, who are some of your your main inspirations? Um, <clears throat> that list is so long, but I will really try to knock it down real quick. <laughs> and give you a big uh, a small just answer. two, just two, just two. two. <laughs> oh man, I can't yeah. get it down to two. That's too hard. <clears throat> that's too hard. But like, really, the reason why I wanted to play saxophone was because of John Coltrane. Now well, I don't necessarily go. sound like him, but that was really the sound that just really caught my ear. Like, cause my dad was really into like Coltrane, mm-hmm. Eric Dolphy, Farrell Sanders, Joe Henderson, uh, Wayne Shorter, Miles, Freddie right. Hubbard, McCoy Tyner, Herbie. Like he was in all of that stuff. So I was that weird kid listening to like serious straight ahead jazz, you know, at like mm-hmm. age eight. So, right. yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was the reason why I wanted to play. Um, but then, you know, you become a teenager, you like girls, you know, you get in a, you get into all kinds of stuff. So just my palate just expanded and really going to that school in Hollywood, shout out to Gardner, uh, elementary schools. That's the name of it. Um, I got into like, you know, getting bust and having different bus drivers that was like, listen to top 40 radio. So then it was, mm-hmm. I was listening to REO Speedwagon, even though I hated it, mm-hmm. um, right. you know, back in the days and then listening to the mm-hmm. police and, mm-hmm. you know, but then listening to, you know, obviously Earth, Wind and Fire, Stevie, Marvin Gaye, all of that, mm-hmm. you know, but really like, I think the two biggest influences when I was in high school were Branford Marcellus and Prince. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. like those guys were just my heroes and still are to this day. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to see Branford tomorrow in concert. I'm looking ah, forward to it. So, nice. um, awesome. but you know, that's really, I think that's really kind of the foundation of my influences, you know, um, and Branford could play anything. Prince could play anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, um, you know, I think those are my major influences. There's plenty, obviously hip hop. And uh, like a tribe mm-hmm. called Quest, Dr. Dre, the Roots, mm-hmm. you know, the whole mm-hmm. neo soul movement, like D'Angelo and Maxwell. You know, I'm I actually the way I describe my sound because here's a little tidbit that people may or may not know about me. I didn't really start singing on stage and professionally till I was like 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. You know, I I would sing for fun, but never really with a mic and on a stage in front of people. That it took it took it took a minute to get there and feel confident. But basically, my style that I described is uh, like Grover Washington meets Maxwell. That's really the right. vibe yeah. that I'm trying to right. get at. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's good. That's good. And yeah, we need to say that he is, you guys, he's a singer. Like, I mean, he, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. People are like, what, what? And, and, and he's not just one of those people who kind of, you know, oh, I'm going to go and sing this part. No, 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 no. No, you can actually sing a Prince song, like, which is crazy. Nobody can really do that. You know, that's, <laughs> that's impressive. You don't yeah. hear people covering Prince, you know, except for when, you know, he passed, you start hearing the covers, but before that, mm-mm. so he's, he's hard. He's hard. Yeah. Very I'm sorry, hard. Will. I know very. you have another question, Will. Yes. 
Oh, I mean, I, I, you know, I can go. He, he's a compatriot. You know, we both horn players, so I could go all day. Absolutely, but, uh, absolutely. But yes. uh, yeah, I, I want to actually have two other. But let me let me just get the uh, the practical question in. Sure. Um, what are, what do you think the most important tools that you have that you use? It could be digital or analog that you're using for your business. Ha. Huh. Man, that is a great question and probably something I need to spend more time thinking about. Um, really, I think the best tool that I have is, is just a basic computer or, or um, well, not really a basic computer. I have a MacBook Pro um, and it took okay. me years to get that. And, and then I have uh, an iPad, which really is almost essential at this point if you're doing music is to have an ipad i mean like you know my brain it it doesn't work like it used to and i've been (laughs) in a variety of different situations so Mm -hmm. mainly what i use it for um if not for like charts to read read uh saxophone charts or or music charts is for lyrics you know and and Mm -hmm. lyrics of songs and i've done so many different gigs where i'm playing and and that's what that's the that's the blessing and, and kind of the curse of Chicago is that you have to learn how to play a variety of styles in order to survive in the city as a musician. Like you can't just say, well, they're they're the chosen few and they're the people who are very blessed and very, you know, great with their skills. So they can just be, well, I'm just playing straight ahead jazz and that's it. Screw everything else. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or there's guys that, you know, I'm just playing with a wedding band and and that's all I'm going to do. But most of us, we got to move around. So I've, I've, I have my own band. I was touring for 10 years and then I worked with like three or I work with three or four different um, bands here in town. So there's always different styles of music, always different lyrics that I have to learn the songs. And it's just, it's, it's big enough to be able where you can read it on stage it's not mm-hmm. big enough to where it looks like you're looking at a computer or you're sitting at a desk. Right. Like you can still have right, right. some performance aspect of um, what you're doing while you're still yeah, reading the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. You right. know, you keep that. That's important. It's everything. And, um, you know, and it, and it has enough memory, you know, you can tap into Wi-Fi. you can do all of those things. Um, so an iPad really, I think is my most important most essential tool. tool. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, my me and my iPad are we're, we're very good friends. We're very tight. <laughs> I have my iPad right now as we're doing exactly. our interview. Yeah, no, it is. Well, I I have uh, you know I have I have a lot of questions too, but I'm I'm gonna start kind of here. Um, as you were starting to kind of get as you decided, you said you you know I've, the past ten years you've been doing just music what was the trick like what was the trigger that said okay i'm not doing all these this other stuff anymore this is what i'm doing and this is it and this is how i'm focusing because this is a question that so many artists you know they they hurdle in this and wonder like when do i give up the day job or when is it gonna just be music yeah and i I think this will this will kind of dovetail into and maybe i'm not hopefully i'm not jumping the gun but this would be (laughs) this would be my advice to all aspiring musicians or people that have one foot in and and one foot in the corporate world or working world and then one foot in the music it wasn't a plan it was god just really backing me into a corner like i literally got laid off like uh, i was like the fall it was around this time of year 
uh, in 2007. I was working mm. for um, uh, a free news weekly paper, which still exists, but barely exists anymore. Will, I know you're in D.C., uh, mm. or from D.C., rather. And, um, you know, it was actually the parent company to the Washington City paper, you know, so it's um, it's called okay. the Chicago Reader. So I was working doing bookkeeping and stuff for those guys. They went through a sale. The original partners that started that company in like 1971 wanted to get out of the business, and they got out of the business. And I really didn't have a job left at that point. So with mm. a business administration degree, I didn't really have the the paper, even though I kind of had the chops to do accounting. Mm. So trying to find work. Um, was just really frustrating. You know, I, I had mm -hmm. skills, but, you know, they were trying to put me in entry-level stuff. And mm -hmm. literally, it was just like a fateful gig that I had with um, Chris Miskell, a local Chicago drummer who tours with Brian Culbertson. And we were just talking mm -hmm. about, I was telling him about, you know, what my situation was and how frustrated I was. I wasn't working, starting to go broke, that kind of stuff. And um, mm -hmm. he was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, man, I want to do music for a living. Like, you know, this, I don't want to work another job. This is what I want to do. So he, mm -hmm. he said, all right, I'm going to talk to Brian Culbertson about you. He's looking for a sax player. I'll talk to him. You know, and mm -hmm. you, you hear that all the time. You hear it all the time, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but he was a man that was true to his word. You know, he he talked to him and um, Brian reluctantly <laughs> said, OK. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. like a couple of months later, they happened to be in Chicago doing a gig. And I played local gigs with Chris all the time during that time. So mm -hmm. they had a gig at the United Center opening for Barry Manilow. And um, oh, wow. um, so we had a gig later on that night. It was Brian's birthday. So he's hanging out. We were on Rush Street where the gig was, he came to the gig and it was the best audition ever in front of an audience, <laughs> you know, yeah. after, yeah. you know, literally, I'd have to say by that point in my life. So I've, I've probably been playing professionally and, and really getting after it for about 13 years mm -hmm. in Chicago or 12 years mm -hmm. at that point. So mm -hmm. I was ready. I was really ready at that point. Like all of the yeah. gigs that seemed like dead end gigs, they lead to something, you know, whenever mm -hmm. you're in front of an audience, there's an opportunity for you to either touch people or for someone to change your life. And literally, you know, that conversation and him meeting me and hearing me and the direction that his music was going into at the time, it changed my life. Now wow. I was temping at the time. So it took mm -hmm. a little while to get there. And I, I would say in these last 10 years, I, um, I've had to go back to work maybe, you know, maybe about a year out of this time. But mm. from that point mm -hmm. forward, um, I really have just been doing music. And wow. I think we psych ourselves out because when you first get into the music business, you know, basically you're doing, you know, gigs in, in a restaurant or in a bar, things of that nature. And, you know, it's not very lucrative. It's still not very lucrative. But mm -hmm. my advice would be, don't think, just jump. And jump at a time when you don't have any, quote unquote, responsibilities or entanglements. Like, mm -hmm. if you're not married, mm -hmm. if you don't have children, mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, maybe you just have a little bit of debt, that's the time to do it. 
before you, mm -hmm. because it's hard <laughs> to justify being a musician and, you know, just throwing all caution to the wind. And you're trying to be practical when yeah. you got a, a family or a mouth to feed or, you know, those right. things. So you really yeah. need to do it in a way where it's advantageous, where you can take the hit financially in the early years. Because I look back when I moved to Chicago, I was just temping. And it took me a, took me a couple of years to get a full-time job. That's when mm -hmm. I should have really said, forget it. I'm doing music no matter what. Because mm -hmm. the end result with the money that I was taking home would have been exactly the same in retrospect. And I would have mm -hmm. been able to survive. It would have been tough. But mm -hmm. I'd have been further along and would have met people quicker. And then maybe would have put out my own CD faster. Like all of those things mm -hmm. that eventually came, which I really didn't know they were going to come. It was all blessings from God. <laughs> You know, yeah, but yeah. that's my advice. Just, you know, there is no good time. Just like there's really not a good time yeah. to have children. <laughs> you just right. got to right. You just got to do it. You, you got to do it. And the universe, the universe will provide if you have the talent and, you know, you're, you stay, you keep your love for the music, then things are going to mm -hmm. happen for you. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Excellent. That's awesome. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, I coach artists and I, that is just such a common thing. They're just like, well, when is it, when, when can I just do this? And I'm like, that's kind of up to you and God. Like, I mean, there's so much mm -hmm. that goes into that and it's up to this journey. But I think what you were just saying, you know, there is no perfect time. Um, but, you know, getting yourself out there and, and, and also paying attention, you know, when you said the universe and, you know, that whole meeting with Brian and obviously, yes, you, you know, Marquell has toured with Brian Culberson then for that long. I don't think I realized how many years then did yeah. you? It was, it was yeah. 10 years. I just recently, wow. just recently left the band because, you know, there's, it's another faith wall and really any, any endeavor that you want to do. But obviously since this is a music podcast, it's about music mm -hmm. and, and the music profession and making money for, you know, and, and mm -hmm. making a living, not necessarily money, but being right. able to live. Right. You know, it's all a faith walk. And yes. for for the last, I would say, three years, seriously, I was just itching to just do my own thing. And um, mm -hmm. I put out, you know, I toured with Brian since 2008. And um, except for like a six month period where I was out of the band for uh, uh, an Achilles tendon injury. Um, mm -hmm. I, this is what I've done like for the last 10 and a half years. And I put a record out uh, about five years ago, actually around this time, five years ago, I released my solo CD entitled Catalyst Independent. Like, made a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. in that releasing, but the music was great, solid. I learned a lot and people love that record. So I got a chance to go out and perform my music, you know, through the country and, and just see how it affected people and get feedback from all of that. So, you know, when you tour with an artist and you work for an artist, you know, their schedule comes first, you know, there's no, mm -hmm. you know, that's the way the, the, the game works. If you're in a, if you're playing with a, a musician that tours on a regular basis, they don't want to have you substituting yourself out of the right. gig, you know, every three or four gigs. So right. my, my career as a solo artist, had to take a back seat, you know, for two major tours that we did. Um, one in the fall of 2016 and one that we did uh, through the spring and, and right before the summer of this year, 2018. So 
Mm. You know, I knew that at some point I just had to be gone. I, and I have to take a shot at, at doing this as an artist. So that's, that's where I am now. Mm. Again, it, it wasn't perfect timing, but it mm-hmm. actually was perfect timing. You know, I, it, yeah. I, I don't think I could have gotten any more of a boost or help in being in Culbertson's band because it helped me immensely. I was able to sell CDs at the show and sign at the mm-hmm. merch table with him. You know, it was mm-hmm. definitely the last three or four years felt more like a partnership as opposed to me just being, you know, a band member. So right. Um, right. that was definitely helpful. But again, it's still only you need to devote your time fully into what you want to do and get to it yeah. right away. So that that's where I am with with things now, you know, and, and working on a record and finishing up a record now, but just, it's, you just got to do it. You need to sit on the sideline and think about it. You're, you're kind of wasting time and, and energy. You just got to go out and do it. So it's, it's a lesson right. that I haven't mastered. I'm, I'm reminding myself of it daily. Um, us creative <laughs> types and us Scorpio creative types, we're always in our heads. So um, you know, it, it's just as much of an exercise for me to get out of my head and out of my way as it is for yes. me to say, yeah, I'm going to do this, you know? So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let, let me, uh, quick, quickly, uh, I, I just want to comment, uh, real brief. You mm-hmm. were talking about just keep doing what you're doing and, and it'll eventually happen. I had a conversation with my wife and we were talking about something similar and, uh, we were using the tennis analogy where, you know, tennis players will practice, you know, real rudimentary things in their playing and they just know that at some point it'll pay off mm-hmm. and uh, it it all comes comes together at that one moment and you'll, then you'll win a grand slam. So, uh, you know, it's just a, an eventual thing, a, gr- a growth thing. But I, I wanted to also ask you um, from your tours with, with Brian, what, um, yeah, see, so everybody's calling you now. You're the, you're the, you're the king. <laughs> That you might know? be the next like major thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, that is not. Calling you now. Never answer my landline. Of course, of course. Would, uh, but uh, right it's now. all That's good. Funny. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Well, what what do you uh, think are some of the the key things that you learned by watching um, him do his business, and then also you know just the whole uh, large large scale music uh, business um, operation. Oh man, that, that was really like a master class, really. Um, mm. you know, he is an incredible businessman and I saw him go from being under a label to being an independent artist. And, mm. you know, he has a great team behind him as far as people mm. who really believe in his vision. And I think that is ultimately important because when you're out here trying to do this, you're doing it really in a vacuum if it's just you and all of your insecurities, all of the things you, you live and die by your successes and your failures. But when you have a team and people you can bounce ideas off of and people that can help you in, in situations where you might be weak, you know, or in situations right. where they can prop you up where you're stronger, I think that's really super duper crucial. So it was that. Um, mm. You know, he's a visionary in the sense of he's always thinking about the next project and trying to give people something musically that they haven't heard before or the stage show something 
a little different, something that they haven't seen before, especially in the genre that he's in, which is smooth jazz. So, you know, he approaches mm -hmm. it like as an earth, wind and fire show, really, you know, with pyrotechnics mm -hmm. and the whole. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, his presentation um, is just as important as the music itself. Uh, those are great lessons to learn. He shook every hand, took every picture, signed every picture or CD mm -hmm. or napkin or mm -hmm. ticket or whatever. You know, he's very gracious with his fans. You know, those are people, you know, you don't have a music business without, you know, <laughs> consumers. Yeah. So he always puts his consumers first uh, and always puts on a kick-ass show. So like those mm -hmm. things, I definitely learned. He learned how, I learned how to, you know, Rehearse a band, um, which you would think would be pretty intuitive, but it's not, you know, like he rehearsed, mm -hmm. he, re you know, for jazz bands, it's usually like, okay, well, we go in and we'll run these tunes and, you know, we'll, we got the beginning and the endings. Okay, let's go. No, he ran it like mm -hmm. it was a pop gig or R&B gig. Like we rehearsed mm -hmm. for a week, like nine mm -hmm. hours a day. Um, and like mm -hmm. when I say a week, not five days, like seven days for a new tour. Mm -hmm. So by the time we went out mm -hmm. on the road, it was muscle memory. So exactly. those things, you know, and, and, um, you know, it's funny because I've seen him do something that he saw me do and then he one upped it. Uh, and his, it's been kind <laughs> of, um, it's been kind of his staple and signature, you know, in the, since the last four years. Um, and that's crowdfunding. He's got, mm -hmm. you know, he's got a great fan base and it's a very loyal fan base and they will support whatever project he puts out. You know, I've seen mm -hmm. him do Indiegogo campaigns for the last mm -hmm. four projects and, and, and he also has one for a DVD that's about to come out that he shot at the last tour and no one's doing DVDs anymore. And he pretty much was able to reach his goal and fund it. And it's in post-production. It's going to be coming out pretty soon. I'm all over it. Plug, plug. Wow. Um, <laughs> you know, nice. but it, it was, it was tapping in, you know, he's, he's learned the power of crowdfunding and, and giving people the incentives to want to support and, and to feel like they're really a part of, of what's, what's happened. Cause it really couldn't happen without them. It's just, you're giving them a direct connection to making the music happen. So he, he's, he's great at all those things. And it was just, sometimes we have conversations about it. Sometimes I would just study and watch, you know, but right. definitely right. learned a lot. Awesome. Oh, uh, Kenya, uh, we, we got, we got to bring cool. him back. I, we we have back. to, cause we're all getting <laughs> close to our time, but listen, I know we're getting close. I want to thank you. I have a lot that's going to be in the show notes because you are doing another, uh, crowdfunding <sighs> campaign right now. Yes. And, Yes. And I, I, I don't want us to get caught off on our time, but I'm going to include on the show notes as well in the captions. Y'all have heard this man's story. Go listen to his music. It is amazing. Go see him live. Come see him and I live if you're yeah. in Chicago, there you go. <laughs> December there you go. 14th. Um, but we're going to put a link so that people can contribute to your campaign in our show notes. And I'll, like I said, I'll also put it in the caption because what you, I mean, it's one thing hearing your story. It's a whole nother thing hearing this this musician i mean you're really amazing and thank you um, I, you, you know i'm wishing you only the best yes 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 
I appreciate Will. you guys both, you know, and, and I know we got to wrap up. I, I get real wordy. It's hard for me to come up with like 50 <laughs> word answers. So I apologize for eating up all the time. It's... No, we love it. <laughs> no, we, love we it. yeah, we, we appreciate that. That, that helps uh, us and our listeners. That have really, yeah. They want to yeah. hear you. They want to just hear me and Will, but yeah. Will, before we get cut off on our time, anything else? Are we, I think that's it. Cause I think yeah. it's about, it's about that time. So any about um, that time. Uh, yeah. social media handles and all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, you, you can pretty, pretty much find me under my name, which is M-A-R-Q-U-E-A-L-J-O-R-D-A-N. <laughs> so there's Marquel Jordan Music. Uh, that's my music page on Facebook or on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. I don't use Snapchat that much. So Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's basically Marquel Jordan under under that name uh, my website is the same name and as you mentioned i have a um, indiegogo campaign for my second cd that i'm working on right now that cd is going to be out scheduled for february it's called intention and purpose so i think awesome. that's all my info awesome. that i need to give awesome. and i'm a scorpio that's awesome Whatever. and you're a scorpio yes <laughs> <laughs> All right. all right well wonderful well thank you again and and listeners will make sure you tune keep tuning in we really appreciate everybody's feedback has been awesome so yep yep thank until you next all. time will yeah all righty all right take care bye-bye take care thanks peace thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode please leave us a comment on our page If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbizbiz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services for your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.